Vincent Grissom, and this is Applying God's Word, a teaching ministry from the Word of God. This is study number 92, titled, Understanding Grace. Let's open today in prayer. Father, we thank you for the immense privilege of being right here at this time, a special place in a specific day for a specific purpose. We thank you that you have plans and purposes for us, but not here by happenstance, but that in the mystery of your purposes and providence, you have brought us together for this time. So then, help us in the balance of our time as we turn to the Bible and read it, as we think about its truth, and as we seek to have you come and apply your word to our lives, whether to convince us of our sin, to convict us of our need of a Savior, or to establish us in our faith. Come, Lord, to our waiting hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Today we're going to study one of the most used and probably least understood words in the Christian faith. That word is grace. So I want to talk about grace, what it is, and how it affects us all. One of the best known definitions of grace is just three words. God's unmerited favor. So let's start with what grace is not. Grace is not something you get or have by mere profession of it. Many will say by their own definition that they are under grace, but their lives clearly indicate a lack of knowledge of what grace is. So what exactly is what we call grace? Well, a slightly expanded definition to the popular three-word definition would go something like this. Grace is an unmerited divine assistance given to humans for their regeneration or salvation. Grace is being let free from the barriers of our sinfulness. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is a gift from God. So grace is a gift from God that we cannot produce. It is received through faith for our salvation. Grace is only granted through God. He is the judge that will decide whether or not to extend a pardon. In order to understand grace, today we're going to see and understand that grace is a gift of God and it cannot come from human efforts. So how can we receive grace? Well, the first point is we cannot earn grace by doing good works, as we learned the last time we were together. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 through 10. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. God has paved the road of grace long before creation. This plan of grace did not occur overnight. It occurs through the redeeming blood of Jesus. Jesus defeated death and granted us a pardon through his death on the cross. Romans chapter 11, verse 6 says, And if by grace, then it is no longer by works. 
If it were, grace would no longer be grace. If we could produce grace, then what would we need Christ for? His sacrificial death would not have been necessary. No matter what we do here on earth, whether we serve the public, give to the poor, act as an all-around good person, it is still not enough. We will not receive grace through our works. If we did, it wouldn't be grace. The second point is we must have a sense of humility. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 34 says, He mocks proud mockers, but gives grace to the humble and oppressed. It is very hard for a proud man or woman to receive grace. Proverbs 16 verse 18 tells us, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. The word pride is the excessive preoccupation with self and one's own importance, achievements, status, or possessions. The word haughty isn't used much these days, but it means to be arrogantly superior with a lack of respect. So pride ushers in destruction, and a fall is ahead of one with an arrogantly superior spirit. It is a shame, but so often people never experience the grace of God because of their own pride. Third point, in order to experience the grace of God, we must accept Christ. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. It is by Christ and his blood shed on the cross that grace comes alive. John chapter 1 verse 17 says, For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace came through Christ crucified. Without him, we cannot experience grace. Jesus said in John 8 verse 32, that you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. This is also true about grace. It is through Christ that we shall know grace and grace shall set us free. So in conclusion, we have come to the realization that grace is something that we cannot earn. It cannot be bought or worked for. It comes through our humility and acceptance of the crucified Savior, Jesus Christ. Our eternal salvation rests upon our acceptance and granted pardon from God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Verse 9 is the rest of the story, not by works, so that no one can boast. This gives us something to think about today. How sin affects us and how grace through Jesus Christ has saved us. It shows that we all have sinned and we all are in need of salvation. This can only be attained by giving our life over to Jesus fully. Not one of us are without sin, but no one can be saved without grace. Because of this grace, we can live a life pleasing to God. To be saved means to be a servant of God. And Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm going to close with a verse from Revelation. It is from Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. 
Although this verse is often used as an invitation to an unbeliever to receive Jesus as Savior, it applies directly to any person that is apathetic like the Laodicean church. Jesus is not unwilling to restore that person to a better state, but they need a willingness to obey God from the heart.